You're listening to the Superman Super Show, episode number 49, Lois Lane, Murderer. Bum, bum, bum. Hello and welcome to the Superman Super Show. I'm a host. My name is Ed and a thousand miles over there to my left is another host, Mr. Stephen Orr. Hello. All right. Now I have an announcement to make. Okay. So far, Miss Terry Moore of the uh, YouTube commenting here and myself <laughs> have decided that we are going to South Carolina Con in April, okay. probably for two days, and Heroes Con in June, probably for a day. Mm-hmm. So far, so it is. It is the beginning of our con schedule. Heroes Con that's over in North Kakalaki. That's in Charlotte and uh, South Carolina Con. If he hadn't bugged out on us, the weenie. Uh, is down there where Mr. Chris Parton used to live in Greenville. Well, so. you know, I've got Planet Comic Con every year that's practically in my backyard, and I've gone once, maybe in the last 15, 20 years. So. Mm. Well, now, I will say, you know, di- different uh, comic book fans will go to conventions for different reasons. Yeah. At this point, I think Terry and I primarily have two things that we want to do, so it, it kind of dictates when and where we go. One thing is we really enjoy uh, how much we support is kind of another issue, but we really enjoy seeing all of the um, burgeoning creators yeah. with with their wares. Um, we do pick up stuff, but I think probably we just walk on by uh, as many as we do support. You know, we yeah. obviously we can't support everybody, but... Um, so we, we really enjoy that. And the other thing is we enjoy bin diving for back issues. That's, yeah. that's a biggie. Yeah. See the, 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 the two main reasons I would go, well, the three reasons I would go to a convention, one to buy stuff, you know, okay. be it back issues or, or, or whatnot, uh, two to meet creators. Okay. And hopefully, you know, I'll say hopefully get something signed, but not because, oh, I got an autograph. I'm going to turn around and sell it. No, it's just, for me, it's it's an easy way to meet a creator rather than just okay. walking up and saying, Hey, I don't have anything for you to sign. I just want to say hi, which right. I have done before. I did that with Scotty young. The one time I did go to planet comic con in the last 20 okay. years, Scotty I, I young. I don't think they and, mind uh, that. You know, yeah. So. I don't think they do it. it I, uh, him and Colin bun. I talked okay. to both of them at that con and there was nobody at their table. And I just walked up and said, Hey, I just wanted to tell you, thank you because you know, with Colin bun, I think uh, the sixth gun was out at the time. Okay. And I said, I, I love this okay. book. And, uh, but the third reason I would go is to, uh, to, for panels. I always enjoy some of those panels. Okay. But, okay. But uh, man, he, Planet Comic Con is freaking expensive to get into. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. Is it, is it part of the Wizard World stuff or part of, or maybe not Wizard World, but part of uh, New York? I don't, um, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't what, know. What is the they own New York and they do some others, um, a la Wizard, but not yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't think yeah, of I what they know. call their group. But it's it's you know really, um, you've got New York on the East Coast, you've got San Diego on the West Coast, and then when it comes to big conventions in the the central part of the country, it's like Kansas City and Chicago. So yeah, I was going to say, does Chicago count geographically for what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah the C two E two. Yep. Yep. Well. Um, I, today, uh, as we're recording this, March 21st, I finished editing episode three of Hither Name Conan. 
Cool beans. And found myself uh, jumping into a big bit of a rabbit hole because uh, as I'm editing, there's there's a, a point in the show where I'm talking about the the Conan's um, his chronology, the life of Conan, basically, and how uh, I've probably mentioned it on all three episodes that the Frost Giant's daughter is the right. his first adventure, even though it was uh, never published until I think after Robert E. Howard died. Uh, but as I'm listening to it this time and I hear myself say that, I'm like, you know what? I don't know if that is actually a fact. I keep saying oh, it okay. as if it's a fact. And so I look up, I just did a, uh, Conan chronology and, oh boy, talk about a heated debate topic. It's, there are scholars, Conan, Conan scholars, uh, editors who have worked on the series of books after Robert E. Howard died, other writers that have written the Conan <laughs> stories. There is like, I go to this, this website that's like, shows me six different Conan chronologies. And I'm like, what does that mean? And, and so I start reading through and it's like, all right. So it started with like a couple of fans back in the, in the forties who uh, wrote a letter to, to Robert E. Howard and said, we love your Conan books. This is how we see the chronology of uh, Conan's life based on your short stories. And I guess he wrote back and he said, that's pretty close. I kind of think of it like this. And uh, I guess one of the big hotly debated topics is when the Frost Giant's daughter falls within that chronology. Because some okay. folks put it like in the middle when he's in his mid-20s and other folks put it as his first adventure. And so I'm just... I, after a while, I'm just like, I got to walk away. At least I know that there are some people <laughs> that think it's the first, it's right. the his first adventure. So I'm, I'm not going to feel, cause I was thinking, I think I may have to, if I discover that I'm wrong, I'm going to have to record some kind of retraction, you know, <laughs> put it yeah. up on the episode. But, uh, yeah, I just, the more I learn about freaking Conan, the more amazed I get at just some of the, some of the stuff that's out there, you know, the fact that. His first story, he was already a king. That blew my mind. And then these various people that have uh, tried over the years to sort all of the stories, not just his, but the stories mm -hmm. that came after into some kind of chronology. It's just it's crazy. Well, I mean, given a, a very small uh, set of parameters, you know, if, if those kind of informations aren't given... Uh, you you yeah. really can't. I mean, unless, you know, a reference to another character in a one-off passage, maybe, or something. Okay. But I could see, particularly at the time that um, not only Robert Howard, but the the pulp concept was out there, they, that was the very farthest thing yeah. from their mind. Yep. Character, story, get it out there. That yeah. was, <laughs> I mean, that was, you know, they're like... And, you know, they make fun of, uh, like, Stan Lee about how he misses the names of characters and all this. I'm like, that had to have been going on back then, too, that the, yep. you know, for um, the, uh, what was the dude that was strong and had golden skin? Doc? Doc Savage. His driver probably had three or four different names. Or his yeah. chauffeur, not, not the, yep. you know, just because it's like, that's not what the dude is writing about. He's writing about Doc Savage. And so, yes. you know, yeah. so it's like, and then you, you're like, 
Oh no, this one came before that one. It be, it's like, oh please. I, well, it, it's you know, because it, in my mind, I just I know I read. I feel like I had probably read somewhere that Frost Giant's daughter was was one of the first. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least when it came to just the Robert E. Howard stories, it was uh, as far as Conan's life, the his first his first adventure. Um, but the the one guy the one chronology i kind of read through where he was also saying rostein's daughter has got to be first um a lot of people go back to i guess this original chronology that these two fans back in the day put together okay. and the guy points out first of all you got to understand that frost giant's daughter hadn't been released at that point so right that's yeah, why so it's, it's not included in their chronology because it wasn't a thing right uh secondly just the reason i looked it up because episode four that i'm going to do next is um the tower of the elephant Conan's a uh, a thief. The 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 scene in uh, Conan the Barbarian where he and the guy scale the tower and they go in to, mm-hmm. to steal the stuff. That's what that's based on the Tower of okay. the Elephant. Um, so he is in the 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 thieving part of his life at this point. And it's as far as where Samaria is, the the city where the tower is 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 south. Whereas everything he does in the Frost Giant's do- daughter is north of Samaria. Mm-hmm. And so this guy points out, it's like, well, first of all, Frost Giant's Daughter wasn't even written at the time of that chronology. Uh, secondly, the because apparently there's a copy of that letter out there that Robert E. Howard wrote back to these guys and said, uh, you got most of it right. Uh, I like to think, though, that after Conan left Samaria, he didn't go south. He went north. And so the dude's like, there it is right there. Bam. Right. And he also, his other argument was he thinks a lot of folks who cuz when they when they put their chronologies together it's mainly because they're getting ready to release like a bunch of books okay. you know re-release a bunch of books and here's the order because this is the to read them. Yeah. yeah okay and his argument is uh the reason why a lot of those folks put uh Frost Giant's daughter in the middle is because it's a story in which there's almost an attempted rape basically Conan's trying to get this girl oh, and rape right. her right and they didn't want the first story in the book to be about an attempted well, rape. Or, or do you? Because then you yeah. show that Conan got better. Exactly. He, he, growth. Yep. Yes. A, yep. Extreme growth from, <laughs> you know, rather yeah. than, yeah. oh, well, he was this and then kind of bad and he was a thief, tried to rape somebody. And then yeah. he, it's like, <laughs> right. yeah. How, how do you just throw that in there? Right. It's like, yeah. no, no. He yeah. was hardcore, didn't care, tried to rape somebody, and then you see, you know, all this, and then he gave up thieving, and then you see, it's like, okay. Well, and, and, and if, if, if that chronology is the actual chronology, then he would have been like 16 years old in that story. So, you know, young, well, dumb, and how do they put it? Full of, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> not, not that it justifies anything. No, but, no, not yeah. at all. But yeah, yeah, that's not what I'm trying to do here. If as, you listen as, to the third episode, you'll you'll hear some my thoughts on that because I I actually got some listener feedback that I read in that episode. Oh, cool beans! Alrighty, man, we good? I'm good. My banter is done. All right, stay tuned for next episode's banter. We talk about some current comic books. That's right. I think I'm in the same boat as Stephen, but we will see. All right, what we are going to look at, uh, we see here that according to Stephen, the winner was Jerry Siegel. <laughs> Wow. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <clears throat> bus, Stephen, Stephen, bus. This um, is, I, I'm always putting these show notes together really like within two hours before we start <laughs> recording. So 
it's a lot of copying and pasting and sometimes i yeah <laughs> I, I didn't even notice that until right now as i'm <laughs> right sitting here yeah. reading it yeah so yep. uh jerry siegel wrote this and then it was penciled and inked uh by mr paul cassidy and that is courtesy of as well as the cover date of september october 1940 and an actual on sale date of july 10th 1940 all info courtesy of mike's amazing world of comics so september october july august september. yeah so it's slipping to maybe about three months now yeah but it, it has been like just one month separating, if that. So well, and it's normally it, the the cover date is later than when it actually goes on sale. So that's that's kind of weird. And I think it's the first time it might be the first Superman issue where we have two months as the cover. You know, it's it's the September October issue, right? Well, is is it is he bi monthly at this point, or is he monthly? I think so. I I I, I think it's. I been know at one point it? it felt like it was quarterly. Right, um, right. But I think it's I think it's bi-monthly at this point because we seem to do well. Actually, we seem to do like three action comics issues and then a well, Superman. Is, that is would be that would like. be probably quarterly. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Okay. All right. So, guys, in uh, let's see, Lois Lane Murderer, the first story from Superman number six. This is what happened. Lois Lane is suspected of murder. Well, there you go. There's the title right there. Okay, yep. next. Uh, no. Lois Lane is suspected of murdering a jewel collector when she is found near the body of the man. And we'll get into it, but she was kind of found more than that. But mm. Superman, wishing to help Lois prove her innocence, gathers the other suspects, which include John and Henry Davis, the victim's nephews, and Berkeley, the house architect. That is actually the architect of the house that the jewel collector lived in and where he not, was found. Not the, the live-in architect. Right, right, yeah, not the house <laughs> architect. Yeah. <laughs> the Man of Steel manages to gain the cooperation of the police and tricks Berkeley into confessing. He'd set up Lois and the others to take the blame for the crime while he escaped with the stolen jewels. Now, that is just a very uh, short and not very uh, yes. covergy kind of... Yeah. Synopsis. I mean, it, in essence, it tells you what happened, but it in, doesn't. In very few words. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even give you a hint at two of the craziest things that Superman does in this in this issue. Yep. Uh, so let's see what. Uh, let's yeah, talk about okay. the the cover to issue number six really quick because okay. first of all, it's very minimalistic. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got Superman striking the the Superman pose with his hands on his hips. And a white circle around him, and then just a really off yellow rest of the cover. But you've got it's like an autographed eight by ten. That that's exactly what it looks like is is a photograph, yeah. and they just slammed the logo at the top on it. Yeah, and yeah, and he and he's very truly yours, Clark Kent, with Superman in parentheses. It's hey, buddy, you're not trying very hard to uh, keep that secret identity secret. Yeah, no, not doing that for sure. Yeah. Yep. So that it, it was it, the uh, next page, which I guess I don't know if this would be the inside because the book I'm looking at is a uh, is not the actual book, of course. Um, so I don't know if it was the inside of the cover or if it was the first page inside the book. But yeah. it has two, four, six panels of action with a actiony posed Superman in an oval in the midst of the surrounding. Frames. Yeah, they, so they did that in issue five as well. 
It's much more action-y than the cover is. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost the same kind of setup that they did. And, you know, it's obviously not the same art or the same little adventure scenes that they're showing, but it's, it's right. very similar to the setup that they used in issue five. So the, the synopsis uh, is, it starts pretty accurately. Um, Lois goes to talk to this jewel collector um, because she just thinks it'll be... Things are slow at the paper. Yep. She says this will be good copy. Um, I like that phrase. Uh, oh, you to just go... froze up on me. Oh, did I? Yeah. Am I still there frozen? You there you go. You're back. Okay. Um, to go talk to him about his gem collection, basically, and either his collection or what it's like to collect gems or, you know, just whatever, just to have an article to put in the paper. So she goes to the, the house, and, and this is... My, my first beef, because actually she does the same thing in the next story. Um, the door is not locked. Yeah. So sh that means she can go in. Yep. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that constitutes breaking and entering. It, yeah. I, it, it's not a matter of whether the door is open, locked. It's a matter of whether or not you have permission, is my understanding. Right. Now, if, you know, the way they kind of handle that nowadays, you'll see it in TV shows where they, they come to the door and they... Hey, you home? Knock, knock, knock. And the door kind of goes and opens up a little, and then they're immediately suspicious. Everything is is everything okay in there? And they open up the door. Oh, you there? And then they come in to investigate why the door is open. Her Lois is just like, well, nobody's answering oh, the door, open. but the door is open, so I'll just walk in. She she legit she actually says it. No one answers, and the door is open. I'll walk in. Those are her exact words. Yep. That's what she says. Trespassing, maybe. Yeah, rather than B&E. Yeah, maybe trespassing is yeah. more accurate. Um, so as soon as she goes in, uh, she gets the chloroform cloth over the uh, mouth, kind of knock her out. Uh, KTFO, uh, as the kids say nowadays. We cut back to the paper. Uh, well, we cut back to Ke uh, Clark. He went to talk to the police to see if there's anything interesting going on while Lois went to actually talk to this jeweler. Well, he gets there, and there has been a call to the police about a situation involving this same jeweler. Now, I don't think that Clark necessarily reacts really in any way, but no. he knows that she went to talk to this same jeweler because she talked about him by name, and the police officer dropped that same name. Yeah, he doesn't, he, he just, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know if that's just a, a problem with the writing. They just did. Oh, yeah, that's right. He 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 knew she was going. But. Yeah, yeah. So basically, the officer invites Clark on a ride along is yeah. what it is, and a competing reporter sees <laughs> Clark in the car and knows something must be going on, and he inserts himself into yeah. the car as well. Jumps onto the running board of the moving car and just slides in through the open window. Scoop Carter is his name. Of course it is. Yeah. Of the morning and, pictorial. Yeah. And this is who I assumed the killer was because he's oh. introduced very early and I just assumed. And so when it wasn't, I was a little disappointed. He he does have a rather aggressive, off-putting kind of yeah, my, uh, personality. So it would be, well, he is the killer and he's going to try to steer them into something yeah. else because my, he's a reporter and yeah. Yeah. My thought was... Like Lois and Clark, he is a reporter. He's a news hound that's out there just trying to dig up a story. And he just figured he would make one right. by killing a, a famous wealthy guy. It was really slow for him, too. Yep. Um, 
So here we see something that we haven't seen that often, and actually we did see it in the previous story, but I didn't mention it. Uh, Clark uses his x-ray vision to scope some things out. He did that looking into a a tent, looking for the thief in the previous story, and Mm -hmm. I neglected to mention that. But here he... There's something interesting about the the house, the design, which normally would be just a throwaway, perhaps, but the fact that the architect of the house also gets involved in this story yeah. makes it a little bit more interesting, and, and we find out why uh, the the house is the way it is. Yeah. But it, it's it's a it's a it's a house of doors, uh, pretty pretty much, kind of like you would envision. Um, in the previous story, uh, say a, a hall of mirrors or a yeah. a tent of mirrors. Only this is a house of doors for the same reason. The doors are intended to disorient people because this dude has a a gem jewelry collection, and so anybody that would get in and try to do something would get lost, or come to find out, would get locked in because yeah. a- apparently from the the main entry part of the house. The doors all lock on that side. So yep. if you go in and the door mm-hmm. closes, you're automatically you're, locked in the next room. Yeah, you go in, but you're not coming out. Not coming out. Uh, so they go in, and uh, Norval's on the floor, shot in the back. And immediately, uh, Mr. Newshound, what was his name? Carter. Uh, Scoop Picks Carter. up the phone and, and starts relaying the message to his copy editor. And then when he gets done... Uh, rather than handing the phone to Clark, which is what Clark asked, he rips it out of the wall and says, oh, here you go. Oh, I'm That's, sorry. Look at that. That is, that is number three of my top three favorite moments in this, in this story. Okay. Um, so they keep investigating things, and Clark uh, slash Superman has heard some noises from another room that they haven't gone into yet. And when they go into that room, they find Lois. So it's, Lois is more than just uh, whatever the synopsis said. She's in the house yeah. with the body alone. <laughs> it's only her. There is a dead body, and they come and they suspiciously find both. So, you know, she is implicated more than just a little bit. Yeah. So far, she's the prime suspect. Absolutely, with good reason. I mean, yeah. you know, you. She said, "Oh, my head. I don't remember it." It's like, well, of course, that's what you're saying. I mean, yeah. so it's like, well, <laughs> you're you're not helping us out any, and so. Uh, the officer just arrests her, just flat out. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but I'll have to arrest you for the murder of Norval. And that's it. So <laughs> here we see Carter. He's like, dang, why did I mess up the phone? <laughs> right. I, I should have called this in. But yeah, <laughs> he's not able to because he yeah. ripped the phone out of the wall. Um, but we we learn, uh, not to spoil anything, but we learn by the end of the story, there's obviously another phone in the house, which Lois uses to call in the story. And he's like, ah. Oh. She right. got to the other phone. <laughs> right, yeah. She called it in before I did. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, Carter, if you hadn't ripped the other phone out, you could have used it And while Lois was using yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, Clark changes to Superman, chases after the police car that they're taking Lois to jail in to, actually, I think they say to prison, which yeah. I thought was kind of, wow. Um, so he he helps Lois escape, or he he facilitates her escape, um, which I made a note of that because I that's kind of. Um, no, no. I mean, yep. I, I understand, you know, the rest of the story trying to prove her innocent, but I, I, I can't imagine that you free yeah. someone and then try to prove them innocent because 
if it wasn't uphill to begin with, boy, it's really uphill now what you're having to prove because you helped her escape custody. Yep. <laughs> so, um, and here on page, I don't know, whatever this is, where, where he's somersaulting over the car to get away from the cops, uh, opens the door and gets her out. This big panel where he's holding her, tell me and he's, he's not flying. Right, right. It, There's actually a note. Flying. On the on Mike's Amazing World of Comics, he ins- for some of the issues and stories he puts comments in there, mm-hmm. and there's a comment on this one that says Superman appears to be flying, but he's still supposed to only be jumping. But no, nah, he's flying. Now I'm not sure if it occurs again later in this one or in the next story, but there's a panel that even more so yeah makes I it think, look like he's flying. So yeah, I think it's the next one. Okay, yeah. Um, so he carries her off. They go back to uh, Norval's house because Superman is going to uh, look for clues and whatever. Gets you the- know, r- and, and real quick, talking about the flying, because basically when, when they go to the house, he, he, he lands on the roof. Mm-hmm. Now, if he's flying, he can gently right. land Just- on the roof. If he's jumping, then he's Gosh, falling man. out of the sky like a freaking meteor. He would just go right through that roof. Okay. I I can't argue that. That's yeah. You know, and if not, okay. Well, no, Superman can okay, Superman can control his weight to land. Then if he can do that, can he not fly? Yeah. Yeah, So it's yeah, okay. Now if it had been on the street like we see constantly, it's like, okay, maybe he left a dent and they just didn't draw it. Whatever. Okay. Well, yeah, no, here he's he's landing on the roof of the house, falling at, remember, uh, kids. 32 feet per second squared. Uh, that is that is uh, the velocity of, of uh, something dropped in Earth's gravitational pull. That's not escape velocity. That's a completely different concept. So, um, so yeah, he to to get um, what is it? The guards? Yeah, this is to draw the guards out of the. I'm like guards. What what are they guarding? It's, yeah, it's it's it, they're police officers, and they're still there. With, the body is still there, basically. They're they're investigating, yeah, but yeah. yeah. So they're they're draw- he's he's drawing the guards out, and then he starts, you know, digging and snooping around. He checks out the body over here. They come in, and uh, here again, uh, story number two. They shoot at him. He catches some bullets, which is pretty cool. He tosses them to the the one officer it, here, and my first thought was, I wonder if those puppies are still hot, and he's yeah. tossing them to him. And, uh, yeah. And the, the one officer has turned his revolver on his face. Right. And he's looking at it because it didn't work. He's like, oh, well, hang on, dude. It'll work yeah, here in a minute. Idiot. Just, just hit it a couple times. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so here, you know, Superman says, I'm back here because I don't think Lois did it. And they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, where is Lois? Um, which also, um, is it here? I think it's here. They make a reference. It's the guy who escaped with Lois, with, with the lane girl. Like, they don't know his name. Right, they don't right. know who he is, just that they saw him, you know, just down here downtown uh, a little while ago. So, but yeah, yet, I, as much I, as we're both looking forward to the, to the issue where he legitimately starts to fly, I think we're also both looking forward to the issue where people stop not knowing who he is. Uh, yes. Yes. I mean, the the thought is, wow, is Metropolis really that big? Yeah, uh, you know, I'll I'll give I'll, I'll give it to you that in modern day New York, Chicago, or L.A., if you live somewhere and perhaps you don't have the money 
to avail yourself of all the uh, sources of information. Maybe you don't know, but that would take a lot. It means you don't listen yeah. to the radio. You, you don't read a newspaper. Today, it means you don't watch television. And I, I guess there are people out there that don't do any of those. I, I don't yeah. know how well, they you, do it. but You wouldn't even have to buy a newspaper. Just walk by a newsstand. You know he's been on the front cover a yeah, number of times. Say, oh. Yeah. So, But still, what is this? We're, we're almost 50 stories in, and there are people who act like they don't. Yeah. They've never heard of Superman. Or they're, I've heard the stories, but I never believed it until I saw yeah. it. So. Um, so he goes to, let's see, where does he go this time? He goes to John Davis's house. Who is John Davis? The net, one of the nephews. One of the nephews. Okay. And he's not there. So, okay, here, here, this page, this next panel, he looks, he sees an airline, uh, timetable left here and, and, a underlined or circle the next panel. Superman speeds through the sky at such a terrific speed, his figure appears to blur. And in the panel, it does blur. He's not jumping there. He's and he's flying. not running. He's, he's no. not on the ground. He's not running. Now, he does run uh, in another place in the story because he even says so. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Just give it over, guys. Just just, just give in to your that instinct. Yeah. Just go. Um. So he does catch up with the airplane, and he gets one of the nephews and carries him. Uh, you're you're a fan of that, aren't you, Stephen? This he- is my oh yes, this is my number two in my top three favorite moments of the book. Okay. He leaps up to the plane, forces himself onto the plane. He's literally walking down the center aisle of the plane, and he says, uh, "Which one of you is John Davis?" And this guy's like, "Me," and he just grabs him. And jumps off the plane with him. Jumps off the plane. Yeah. First of all, yeah. he he ripped a uh, ripped a door open. Uh, what do they call it? The emergency <laughs> door. Yeah. Uh, the plane is in flight. Okay. It's in the air. It's going to wherever it's going to go. So it's it's reached elevation. And Superman just catches up to the plane uh, by jumping, of course, and yeah. just rips the emergency door off the plane and walks into the plane. Um, then and he, just and just kidnaps a passenger right yeah. off the plane. The, apparently the, the, the pilot goes after him, but here's another, the pilot says, look at them soaring through the sky. Yep. And he's running through the sky again and the, holding the guy under his arm who's saying, don't go so fast. I can hardly breathe. And his, you'll manage. But yeah, there, there we go. But though the plane hits as high a speed as 250 miles an hour, Superman easily outdistances it by jumping. jumping. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, uh, so he lands uh, with the one nephew and grabs up the other nephew. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Finds something. Is this another x-ray? Yeah. Here's another x-ray vision. He sees that the dude is hiding something when he knocks on the door. Before he answers yeah. the door, he hides something that he's got. Superman gets it and finds that it's a piece of jewelry that Norval, well, y- you don't know that it was Norval's per se. But being a jewelry collector, here's a big expensive piece of jewelry. Norval yeah. is dead. He he collects these things. So, um, you know, a, I think they would you, you would call that circumstantial, but it's yeah. assumption after assumption after assumption, and that's what Superman does. And so that's what we're led to do as the as the reader. He tries to explain it. Uh, if you must know, my uncle sent it over, then phoned and told me he wanted me to sell it for him. It's the the f- um, it, it does turn out to be important that it happened, but you don't necessarily know that now. It's it's going to turn out to be the 
part of the aspect of the person who is responsible and what he's doing to, to set things up. So now Superman has a man under each arm and he's going to the house architect. The yes, house, not the house or, or house architect, not the house architect, the architect of the house. Yes. Yes. It's like he's got him in residence there. He's the house yeah. architect. Berkeley designed something for me today. Uh, yes. <laughs> got the patch there out by the garden. Build something. Yeah. Um, which is funny. I'm, I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen somebody so rich to do that yet. Right. That, yeah. <laughs> in this day and like, age, I would think yeah. over the top rich. They're so rich that they. So. <laughs> so now. He uh, Superman grabs the architect, and now he jumps off again with two dudes under one arm and one under the other. So now he's hopping around, uh, whiplashing these men with with three men in tow. While that didn't make my top three, it's an honorable mention. The, okay, the, the panel of him because we talked in a previous episode where he had that one guy under his arm. And the guy's laying backwards, so his back would have been broken. Uh, yeah. All three of these guys are laying the same way, face up, yeah. as, as he's holding them. So Now, is this next panel your number one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the honorable mention leads to my number one favorite moment of the book, and it's as Superman arrives at Norval's house with the three suspects, rather than just take them inside, he throws each one of them through an open window inside calling out there's the men you're looking for to the police and they're just saying back so soon yeah yeah exactly it's oh you're back already as three men come flying into the window now here superman leaves okay assuming that the police will retain these three men right because he's going to go get lois this is the confrontation of the accused and the accuser and the um uh, the uh, Sherlock Holmes. That's it. The the gather everyone, all the all the principles, and then go through and explain why they are guilty or not guilty. That's that's what we're all getting. The so wrap we have, up. We have the three yeah. suspects or four suspects, counting Lois, Superman, who knows quote unquote what's going on, and officials, the police officers. So then he, uh, well, first he kind of puts Carter in his place here with a little. Uh, he man isness there, but yep. he then um, starts. Superman starts trying to explain who is the guilty party, but then he stops and he reaches behind this radio um, and he appears to to find something. And one of the policemen, the the policeman in charge, sergeant, whatever he may be, asks him, "I see you got something over there. What what is it?" Superman's like, "Well, come over here." And I'll tell you. So they step out of the room. Um, And I guess they didn't close the door because they didn't get locked out. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. But I think that's part of the plan because they do, they seem to overhear, or at least Lois does. um, She, she at least hears Superman use the term photographic library. Right. Right. Laboratory. Laboratory. Laboratory, not library. So Superman plays that. There is a photograph of the killer in in action at at the moment that Norval is killed. And he's and if, got the photograph. If that would have been real, that would have been my favorite moment. The The fact that he says there was a hidden camera set up, not a video camera. They, it is a hidden no. camera that was set up and designed to snap a picture at the sound of a gunshot. gunshot. Yes. Yes. It was sound activated. And yeah. Uh, and so they have a picture of, of the culprit here and 
Immediately, the officer says, raise your hands, Berkeley, you're under arrest for the murder of Norval. We go back and forth here a little bit. The Berkeley snatches a gun, shoots Superman. Okay, again, Superman gets shot in the chest. He is subdued, and we find out that, nah, Superman was just joking. I didn't really have a picture. I just thought it was you, and, of course, you gave it away. Yeah, he was. that was a big gamble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, the final panel is the panel that you uh, mentioned about how Lewis, uh, Lewis, uh, Lois is on a phone, um, <laughs> probably in the same main room, because, I mean, that's where everything happened, calling in her copy of the story. And Carter's like, oh, dang, she got to the phone before me. And I, I like how Clark's running in. I've got your bail money, Lois, as if he, did, he doesn't know everything that happened. Well, but she wouldn't be here. Right, yeah. She would Why would still he come be, to the house with her exactly. bail money? Exactly. Yeah. She would still be wherever, and he would take the... Yeah, so, okay. So not only does he pose as a weakling, he also poses as an idiot. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, uh, and now, of course, this is with, you know, we, we both have much experience, life, reading, whatever, so we can kind of nitpick these things like oh, this. Yeah. At the time, did anybody necessarily... If you're eight years old, would there have been any yeah. connection like that that you made? It, it's funny yeah. because, well, they just proved she didn't do it, and he's coming with her bail money. Ha, ha, ha. They don't need bail money. Okay, so it worked. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Yeah. So, and I, I say that just to say, well, yeah, I, I acknowledge that perhaps I'm being unfair, kind of, you know, nitpicking this, but we got to have something to talk that's, about. Yeah, that's one of the fun things about these kinds of comics is to be able to nitpick the the things that for us because again i i don't remember if it was this episode or last episode i you know we the people who the the authors of today are a bit more sophisticated when it comes to telling a story and for all we know like you said an eight-year-old read this back then and to to them it was like uh the first time somebody recently reading the freaking da vinci code or something you know just like Holy crap, how did he figure that out? Right. You know? And yep. so yeah. But it's that's why it's that's that's why these are kind of fun, is to point out those little ridiculous things that probably weren't ridiculous back then. Right, right. Um that that pretty much is everything I've got. Yeah. I it was a it was a fun story. Mm-hmm. Um I enjoyed it. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, the craziness of those action comics 26 and 27, the 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 wayward boys home and right yeah and uh i don't remember the other one but i think that 46 26 is the episode that came out today as we're re- or yesterday as we're recording this okay. and that was listening back to that was a lot of fun what? when i was editing and putting it together remembering that story but, yeah yeah but uh yeah it's still just like you know whenever i can have a top 3 craziest moments in an issue cuz i sure didn't have that in the previous issue right right yeah the, you know the previous episode that that's always a plus for me when i i have to choose you know i i have different scenes to choose from as being crazy cuz there's so many of them i that is a top notch book in my in my opinion something that just uh just struck me thinking about the previous episode/issue we talked about which was Action 28, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, that's a setting that you probably, you do see it sometimes today, but not that off that no. traveling, circusy carnival kind of thing in the early 21st century is 
is a uh, no bueno, pretty much. I mean, it, it just, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't happen. We, we still have our state fairs, and I don't know, uh, it, it probably occurs where you're at, but we have a couple different of those small carnival companies that will come through at different times of the year, and they'll set oh, up yeah. in somebody's big parking lot and stuff like that. You know, not a big thing, maybe 20, 25 total things to do. Um, you know, so you have that, but I don't think that that it is as um, widely, perhaps, understood as that roving circus kind of thing. Especially now that Barnum and Bailey actually doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, they went yeah. under. So I don't know if there's another company that does that. Um, I remember as a child living in Chicago, Illinois, I attended one of their shows. Yeah, Barnum and Bailey. That was that was cool. We uh, they. I don't know if it was Barnum and B- there, there used to be a, uh, just within the last 15 years, uh, in Topeka every year, there'd be a circus because my, okay. my father-in-law would take us and the kids. Okay. And I, I, I feel like it was Barnum and Bailey, but it may have been, a, uh, one of the Shriner circuses. Shriner, right. Yeah. But, but yeah, it was the whole trapeze artists, lion tamers. It was the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. You, you just don't, you don't, it, it's not as ubiquitous now. As yeah. it would have been in 1940, so which yeah. uh, is kind of unfortunate, but it is it is what it is. So, all right, um, anything else, Stephen? Nope, done with this one. All righty, folks, we do want to thank you for listening. So until next week, I'm Ed. That is Stephen, and this was the Superman Super Show. Bye, ciao. You've been listening to the Superman Super Show. Questions and comments can be directed to the Superman Super Show at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter under the handle at Supes Super Show. That's at S-U-P-S Super Show. And continue the conversation at the Super Show Forum at forums.justanotherfanboy.com. We also encourage you to rate the show wherever available and share this podcast with a friend. All links will be in the show notes. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. And then uh, my second favorite is, was it Atomic Ant that did uh, Michael Jackson's uh, Alien Ant Farm? Yes, or Alien Ant Farm. Okay, yeah. About uh, two weeks to a month before that song came out and hit, I was playing in one of the bands I played in, and I was heading to practice. And uh, I think, my, you know, the original version, Michael Jackson's version, The Gourds, Terry says. Oh, okay. Not at all who I thought it was, but okay. But the, the original uh, Smooth Criminal comes on the radio, and I'm driving to practice, and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, Listen to that freaking groove. And I and I started to imagine it with just really heavy guitars. And so okay, I get to practice yeah. that night and I tell the guys, you know what we should cover? We should cover freaking Smooth Criminal by Michael Jackson. <laughs> there you go. And they looked at me like I was an idiot. No. And then man. three Speed to four weeks up. later, I'm like, yep. see, guys, see. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd have let me cover it, we'd have beat that. Yep. You guys know, just need or to listen to me every once in a while. It. It's, yeah, no. Ah, ah. Ah, sorry. Yeah. Very nice. One of my favorite covers uh, comes off of a Kiss tribute album called Kiss My Ass. 
and it's uh, Rock and Roll All Night by a band called Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yes. And it's it's like a ballad, and I just love it. It's just one of my the my most favorite things to listen to. She, I, I can hear Terry. She's playing that cover in the, the other the, room. The, <laughs> the gourds. Yeah. Gin and juice. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. All right. I am, uh, I'm recording. And I may be, yes, I am as well. <laughs> 